You're, you're not a guy that likes to just be like, I'm not working. No, <laughs> I'm not creating. I don't mind not working, but mm-hmm. I always want to create something. Tough's, Tough's one of the laziest guys I've ever met. I am. Is that true? <laughs> I mean, you're just messing around, right? Dude, I mean, I just remember this guy just doing shit. He'd be like, no. Oh. I was well, last he does night. Do stuff. I was last night just trying to go to bed, and he's just like, "Come on, just do more shit." Yeah, <laughs> it was. That was, was like three thirty in the morning after I've been up like, for twenty four hours. I was like, "So we got, are we, we gonna work to on produce. this? We're gonna work on this now, or what, Tough?" This is Purple Highs. I'm Mark Bondi here with my co-host, DJ Dudley D. And we are chronicling the days of wild. Yes, we are. How are you feeling tonight, Dustin? I'm feeling real good. What, 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 where are we in time and space this week? Time and space right now, it's June 5th. Of what year? 2023. So we got, uh, we're in Minneapolis, hanging out at Dustin's house. We are uh, about to do an interview here. Got just great stories with an old friend. Buckle up, baby. Buckle up. (laughs) But uh, it's celebration week, so we got people in town. Yeah. We're hanging out. We're getting ready for a gig at First Avenue on... June 7th. June 7th. uh, 65th birthday of... Would have been the 65th birthday for Prince. So Dance Electric 8 and... uh, and if you're listening to this in the future, you already know that shit was hot. Boom. <laughs> Boom. I'm making some predictions myself. Boom. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, here we are, and uh, we got Teft at the table. Teft. Hello. Teft Smith Teft in Smith. from California. The third. Teft second. Smith, the second. second. Sorry, the second. The second. second. Your son is the third. That son is the third. Yes. So we're going to talk to Teft tonight, and we're going to just dig into some print stories. You know, we're about telling the stories that happened out at Paisley Park. We want to chronicle those stories. Prince was so cool that not only did he have a bunch of musicians that had their stories and all the celebrities that got their stories, but then there's a whole fan community that was participating in all things Paisley Park over the course of decades. Uh, And Teft was here for a season of that and got to see all kinds of cool stuff. It was amazing, hands down, one of the biggest highlights of my life. The biggest highlights of your life, for real? Yeah, because, I mean, when I was looking to go to art school back in... 95 i you know was already a ginormous prince fan he was one of the biggest influences for me both you know creatively poetically and also intellectually because i just you know what he's saying and his music and his lyrics and everything just kind of resonated with me and helped me kind of mold you know, my emotional side, my creative side and everything throughout high school. And so when I was looking at art schools and what I wanted to get into, which was animation and design, there was four schools in the United States and one happened to be in Minneapolis. And I'm like, well, fuck, I'm like, why not go to Minneapolis where my muse is, where someone who I want to be close to creatively and maybe it will run up, rub off and (laughs) and sure as hell did. Sure as I 
started and very fortunate on my relationship of what happened after I got so here. So what, what was the school? Uh, Minneapolis College of Art and Design. And you moved here from where? Chicago. Chicago. So yes. it's, you know, six, seven hour drive, hour flight. Still close to four home. And a half, four, four hours. Half. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was definitely still home. But the, the main reason for the move was, you know, I mean, Prince was here. Prince was here. So the school was here, but you could have gone three other places with the same yeah. quality school. The Prince wasn't Prince, there. Prince, Prince was not those, there. Prince wasn't in those spots. No. When did you first get into Prince? How old were you when you kind of, what's your first memory of being like, man, this dude? <laughs> My first memory was uh, 87 or 86 when Love Sexy came out. I mean, my sister, uh, who's eight years older than me, she uh, she would jam to 1999 and Purple Rain, and I remember, you know, we would she would be screaming throughout the house. She's like, "He's on! He's on!" And we'd all run down and we'd watch this, you know, half naked man dancing, and you know, we all just started like being already amazed by what he Who, was doing. Who's we all? My mom, my dad. Okay. And so they were in they were into Prince as well. You weren't I mean they were they were into creatively what he was bringing to the music. I mean my I parents you. both were at that time when Elvis was not being allowed in families and they loved Elvis, so they liked the idea that he was doing that for our generation. Really? So yeah. how like when you say they loved Elvis, tell me about that. Uh I mean they both they they basically were high school sweethearts and so they would sneak records and you know and try to listen to it together and you know and they just had a a fond love for elvis and i mean did they you ever talk to them at all about kind of prince and his elvis references no i did not i'm just we're gonna have to add that to the docket if i ever get to meet your parents yeah (laughs) because prince dies in 19 or elvis dies in 1977 right which is a formative time prince is living you know at that point in um 50th in france and you know i mean he comes down the road he'll do the elvis covers dead like elvis when Mm -hmm. he plays face down i'm always curious you know what was the impact of kind of the whole elvis you know death life on him i think you know i mean personally i think that you know elvis pushed music to a whole new genre and to a a new way of just what music was at the time i mean you know yes it had been around but it wasn't mainstream i mean there's a lot of jazz a lot of funk a lot of soul um you know and and i think that elvis just brought a, a a sexier more like i don't know I mean, people a little, little, a, little, a little a little more swagger. Yeah. So when you were growing up, you had was the Elvis like played in your house? More, I mean, Elvis and Beatles. Okay. But I mean, it we didn't have a lot of music just playing in the house. Gotcha. I, mean, I, I mean, again, my sister was eight years older, so the music that was played was my her playing yep. like Adam Ant and you know and and Prince and nice. Not a lot of Michael Jackson. Not a lot. Not a lot of Michael Jackson in your house. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got 1999. You got. Purple Rain, yeah. you're watching Prince's Ascension, yeah. Ascension, Music Awards, but that was like all kind of through your sister. Yeah, but but then something shifted at Love Sexy. Yeah, Love Sexy, the album cover. The album what cover. What was it about the album cover and a naked, naked man. man? Yeah, I mean, it was just something. I mean, it was just, I'm like, <laughs> this is crazy. I'm like, what, you know, and I don't know what. And also, I loved the fact that um, at that time, uh, Alphabet Street. Okay. That song just, I just for some reason, I loved the the Cadillac. I loved everything about it, and it was great. But ironically, the song that really got me to fall in love with Prince was "Free." Okay, what about "Free"? Hit you something about my grandma. 
I think my grandma had gone to war. I mean, not my grandma went to war, but my grandfather went to war and I never knew him. And it was something that when I heard the song, I sat with my grandma and I'm like, oh, listen to this. You know, it reminds me of grandpa. I don't know why, but it was just a way for me to kind of have that connection with my grandmother in a way that I thought was like, oh, I'm cool. Like, look at, you know. Yeah. How old were you when you were listening to that with your grandmother? I think I was like 11. Yeah. Nine, ten, eleven. It's interesting how these songs start to kind of appear, and like you take these yeah. moments, and they they move with you. Yeah, and but I mean, it's still to this day. It's you know when I hear it, I'm just it, I go straight back to that happy place of you know sitting with my grandma and listening to the record. Yeah, that's one of the uh, a song that I love that song, but like I don't listen to that song very often. Yeah. like it just kind of gets lost in the catalog of <laughs> everything. It's all things of, Prince music, right? It's hard to jam in traffic to that song. Yeah, but but the song with like <laughs> no kind way, of the soldiers. My hair, my hair is bouncing. <laughs> Just kidding. So you love sexy naked guy. You're like, hey, Alphabet Street, this thing bangs. Then then I mean, are you in? Are you like, hey, Prince is releasing the new album? Like, what are the next so the, eight years before you move to Minneapolis? The craziest like? thing was there was a friend of mine who was a year older older than me named Aaron, and I remember I was I was in fourth grade, so. I don't know how old I would have been in fourth, probably nine, nine or 10. And so that's the, that's when this all happened because I mean, my Aaron, I, I don't know what, what we got talking about, but he was also Prince fan. And that was a way where I'm like, Ooh, this kid in a, a grade over than me, you know, and he was really cool and he had a lot of friends and I liked him and his friends mm-hmm. and I wanted to be with, I want to be a part of their circle. And since he knew I liked Prince, we started to talk about Prince music and like different albums and that really kind of was the introduction where he started showing me some new music and yep. new albums. And then um, and then I got accepted in their circle. And then, I mean, we're still to this day friends. And, you Is know. he still a Prince fan? Uh, I mean, not, not to the point of like yeah, what he, I am. He didn't cross but the he, chasm to like complete I, next level. But we would when <laughs> I went to Minneapolis, he, he would call me up and he'd be like, hey, dude, I saw that. You know, he's like, wait, what would you know? And so yeah, he so would, he, I would exchange stories with him. He'd but, live a little vicariously through yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so tell me about those next, you're meeting him, you're getting into the music, you're having these conversations. So like what level of like fandom, like your seventh, eighth grade, high school, are you like wearing the t-shirts and going to shows? Or are you no. just like kind of like laying in the cut, listening to Prince on the side? Just I'm just listening to Prince. There were no shows at that point. Um, it was not. How about your sister? She's a little older. Did she get to go to a show? I don't, I think she might have gone to Purple Rain, but I'm not quite sure. Okay. Um but I know that it was um, it was just the music. Um, but then it was my junior, my sophomore, my junior year in high school. Um, that's when I think Uptown and some of the magazines started coming out. And then oh, I got you. Yep. And then uh, I got a subscription to those. But then I don't know where I read it. It was either because this is pre-internet age, like, way pre-internet. Yeah. I mean, this is still like. 90, 90 92 yep. 91 and i found out about the black album and that was oh, the beginning you, and then you caught the bug no that was the beginning that was the beginning of like what is this other world because the guy who i found i was able to get a copy of it most expensive You're like wait at that time wait till i time, get to tell my friend what i got now <laughs> yeah, 19, yeah no and it was i called him i went straight to his house i'm like aaron look what i got and we listened to cindy c and he was just like oh do you think this is about cindy crawford i'm like yeah <laughs> which is pretty cool right yeah and uh 
And so then, um, yeah, I, I went, I got, my mom took me Wait, to- Wait, how much was it? 50 bucks. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's sizable chunk Back of change. Back in 91? For, yeah. yeah. 92. For a 15-year-old or whatever, yeah. however old you were. Yeah. Uh, yeah. F- yeah. 15, 16. And uh, we, yeah, I got the gold, I mean, I got the black album and I was just like, this is freaking awesome. But then he, he the guy who sold it to me- um, he told me, he's just like, yeah, supposedly there's like, there's a whole like underground world of prints and like he has all this stuff. And I'm like, what? But I never knew, I never had anything. I okay. never, I just heard about it. Like no idea, never knew about it. Even after the Black Album? Or was no, like the Black like, Album, he, like Pandora's he, Box opened it, up? It, and Pandora's like, Box, but he, he basically, he gave it to me, he sold it to me. He told me about this underground. And He's then, like, this one's and, 50, but there's more. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a drug dealer. You're going to need, you're gonna need a little more money next time, kid. <laughs> yeah, we call this we call this podcast Purple Highs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For a reason. Yeah. I mean, it was the beginning of the end. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, it, it just sparked that interest. But he didn't know anything else. And so it, it just over the next year and a half, I think it was my senior year so in 93 94 okay. you graduate in 94 yeah so you graduate the same year dustin does yeah we're both old um we uh I, it was in oak I pr- park i prefer wise but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um it was in oak park in oak park chicago or oak park illinois and um yeah i remember i went in someone had told me it's just like you should go check out this record that's all I'm, this record store that's all i'm gonna say and i went in there and it was like I think they had like ten or fifteen, and there were choirs of angels that and just sang. Just like, in yeah, the right when I, like, it wasn't a bell that rang; it mm. was just like Prince's beautiful voice, just going hi. So, was this this was after the Black album had been purchased? So, what was your next yeah. bootleg purchase? Do you remember? Uh, yellow. Tell me about yellow. Do you remember? Yeah. Like what? 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 Oh, uh, yeah, it had. Um, some of the songs on there was like Moonbeam Levels. Ooh. Um, what was the other ones? Um, yeah, I got it right here. I Wonder, Player, yeah, I, yeah. The Voice, Don't Say You Love Me, Open They had book, I Wonder on that? Sex, the original one. Yeah. Spirit. There's Arquita's a different one Kitchen, than the, from the Deposition album? Yeah. Well, I don't know about the... No, that, I think that, the one on the Deposition is... The, but there's the one mm-hmm. from Parade. Okay. Oh, I Wonder You. I was talking, I wonder. No, but I mean, that, yeah. I mean, I guess, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, I forget that they're, they're different name, but yeah. they're kind of the same. So interesting. So you get this, you get, did you just buy one or were you like, hey, I'm loading no, up I here? Got, and like, I think I got three. Um, and then, you know, I mean, and then it just, that was the beginning. And, and it just sparked all kinds of, you know, just finding other records like like these types of record stores and yeah you know and then my mom and, i mean and you were dad, in a great city for that well I mean, no, Chicago. no just wait just yeah. wait because there was a better city than that oh where? it's called germany oh <laughs> i mean that, that <laughs> my mom came back with like wooden box sets that were like custom carved into like paisley's so you're like, going deep you got the parents going to germany they, they didn't go to germany because they were, they, but they were in, in they when they were in germany my gotcha. mom just went in and she like the guy there you know my and, son likes prince do you yeah. got any prince and that's he's just like oh yeah and so and that's that was also the first time that i started getting live albums because okay. i mean they i mean he was touring there at this point he still yep. wasn't touring in la yeah, yeah. 
uh, or in sorry in, in, in the US. US. The first tour that I saw was uh, the Symbol album in Fort Lauderdale, which was the first show. How'd you go to? How'd you go end up in Fort Lauderdale for a show? Because I was at Bulletary Tennis Academy. Okay, and I didn't so realize that. So you didn't you you went I was to school in, in, in Florida, Florida for okay. a while, and gotcha. while I was there at the academy. Um, I saw that he was going to be playing for Lauderdale, and then I got uh, my dad called the academy. They were able to convince one of the uh, like chaperones to take me and a friend to Fort Lauderdale because this is in Bradenton, so it was like a two-hour drive. So, like, this is an investment of time. It was an investment energy. of time, energy, and commitment because I mean, you know, we're underage, yeah. and you know, here, so, you know, we had to get a ticket for this guy, and you know, and it's like. You know, in this academy, and, and I'm taking a, a uh, the guy who was a friend from me was from, uh, I wanna, he was from Spain. And so he spoke minimal English, but just, he, I mean, but it was just like, you know, and like his parents, I mean, so it was just like looking back at it, I'm like, wow, that was a little crazy. Yeah. So tell me about this, this first gig in Fort Lauderdale for. Uh, yeah. Act one, act two. Act one, act two. Yeah. Tell me about outdoor? that. Tell me, where was it at? It was in, it was indoor. What kind yeah. of tickets did you have? Nosebleed. Okay. I didn't care. Yeah, but I you mean, were in the building. So yeah. tell me about that experience. I Your walked, first time I, seeing I went Prince there, live. I went there with an empty duffel bag, and I just bought everything. Like, literally. <laughs> like <laughs> All the gear? You got everything. any of that still? Yeah, I still have it. Not, not clothes, but I have all the booklets and stuff. And nice. Programs. And so tell me about that first time when, like, Prince walks out on the stage and, like... Yeah, it was My Name is Prince, and it was, like, I just... It was freaking amazing and that, that, well, that's what I loved about it is the first act was all and it was the first time I heard live an unreleased song which was Peach she was dark <laughs> uh. Uh, so he comes out with my name is Prince and yeah. Taps is like yes it is yeah, yeah. yeah let's <laughs> but like go. I mean build this duffel back boy <laughs> Yeah, Gotta but at that gear. time, I mean, like, damn you. I mean, the everything. I mean, it just was, I was so happy. I remember getting home and just calling my parents and just being like, you know, just telling them every detail of it. And, yeah, it was, it was incredible. But I just, I mean, it didn't matter how far away I was. It's like he was still, the music was so large and yep. so epic yep. that it was just like. And the production on that care. tour was no joke. I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, he was bringing his A grade, A a level production okay no i you i mean know, compared to like i mean i'm thinking like later tours where it was just so stripped down where there wasn't much at all happening but i guess it i mean it's all it's all in perspective of like you know i don't know i mean like i, mean, I, I like, was fortunate not, like i saw 21 nights at the forum yep 21 nights and it was like that for me that production was in more intriguing more insane and more uh, just well produced really then. but i mean that production was i mean you had the stage which it, was cool but i mean that i i, I didn't go so yeah. i never th i always thought it was as he got further on in his career i always felt like kind of his emphasis was more and more towards kind of the musical elements and less around like how the show the theater the theater of the, of the yeah. show yeah I mean, no I, mean, that, I, I don't agree i mean i i would say that you know i the the show I wish I wish I had seen live would have been Sign of the Times was still hands down my favorite DVD yeah. and show that so good and Love Sexy were just amazing but like Sign of the Times was like the whole story and everything was incredible but um, yeah I mean you know I think also at that time I was looking so much into the meaning of like his name change and like 
Like I knew it was coming. I knew that there was something happening. I knew that this was a bigger thing than just the symbol. And yeah, like there was some. And under- I looked into so many. Like I had my own thoughts on it. I'm like, oh my god, it's the marriage of men and women through music, and we're all one. And we're so like music split and binding <laughs> everyone. Prince is going to bring everyone together in a peaceful way. There's going to be no wars. Well, I mean, you weren't. Taxes, you, no taxes. I mean, gas is free. Dustin can, t- <laughs> Dustin can tell you you were not the only one philosophizing. Yeah. Philosophizing? Philosophizing? Anyway, thinking about Prince and his lyrics oh during God. that season. So, I mean, how, how do you think you kind of got a sense of that undercurrent? Like, I mean, you ended up being right in terms of the name change and in terms of. Um, kind of the battles that he would face in the years ahead, right? Because I, I do think that the symbol album is a real pivot point in terms of kind of he's he's um, really putting his stake in the ground in terms of hey, I am Prince, I am super dope, that's my name, but you know I'm gonna do something more and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna rebel against this machine that's, there, that that is that is pushing me down. So there was so much. That, I mean, I don't know if I was really realizing it at that time, but just looking back at it, it's just like the stuff that he was singing about when he was singing about was so advanced and so ahead of anything else coming out. It was like he would do something and then three years later it would kind of happen. Uh, or it would become popular or it would become this. And this is even yeah. back when, you know, like when no, Sign I get of the that. Times came out. Yeah. Um, but there was something about just his demeanor and everything when he was wearing the chains of gold and when he was marrying Maite, it's like he was going through a transition in his life artistically and um, personally that this symbol represented something more than just a symbol yeah. because I mean like the, 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 we call it the symbol album but that's not the fucking name of the album the name was or whatever it's yeah, a yeah. sound yeah, it was, it, or, or, or a non-sound it's, it was yeah, an I mean, unpronounceable it's... symbol because I always think it's interesting because I, I mean I'll hear people and I mean don't get me started on this because I get a little <laughs> obnoxious and I know I'm obnoxious but so I just apologize in advance but people will call it the love symbol album and they'll call it that's the love symbol and I'm always like ah no, no. you know I don't think that's I, don't, I, I never refer to the symbol as the love symbol um, and I mean I've gotten in some you know Facebook chats right. and right. I've kind of let it go I mean until this moment um, <laughs> we back we back <laughs> um, you know it's hard to it's hard to keep me off of the, some of these topics but I mean it was I agree with you. It's kind of like this death rebirth story in terms of like he's he's coming to something new in yeah. his in his career and in his life and that kind of at that stage of the journey. That album was a real pivot point. Yeah. And I mean also, I mean artistically myself, I was going through this whole, you know, exploration of graphic design and logos and meaning of why and where logos came from and yeah well, tell, the tell, us, tell me, tell me about that i mean that's an interesting kind of backstory in terms of kind of who you are because i mean you've gone into that field yeah um what were you learning what do you remember any of that work i mean i'm, I'm guessing yeah. some of it continues to apply in your life I mean, today I, you know the whole the androgynous symbol was always something that i'm like this is it's very intriguing. It's very, it's very elegant. It's very clean, and it's it, it's it's such a powerful, it's a, such a powerful statement as a symbol, and you know. And I was also looking back then at t- like like I loved the Pepsi logo, and I really, you know, the swoosh was always one, and Adidas. I mean, and the Adidas had two logos, and it was like, so it was the You're- way that things were going. But like even 
even when I was at Boletari, um, you know, I I was doing some art and some drawings at the at the academy, and they had seen it, and they had asked me if I would do some design work for them, and so it's just. All of this was happening where I was learning, like, how design yeah, can impact. Yeah, because, I mean, you're 16, 17 <clears throat> thinking about yeah. some pretty high concepts. I mean, in terms of, like, looking at symbols yeah. and, the, and, like, how they play out from a brand perspective as well as from, like, a deeper meaning perspective. That's, I mean, it, that's that's some heavy thought for a 16, 17-year-old. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's it definitely was... Um, yeah, I mean, it was like, I mean, looking back, I mean, I mean, yeah, but I felt that it, um, I mean, just the, the, the actual, the symbol that he had on the Purple Rain motorcycle, I just loved what it represented. And it was that idea that, you know, and then it's something we're dealing with today. It's just like man or woman, it doesn't matter, we're all equal. Yeah. And I just liked the fact that he was fighting for that then. Yeah. And and then, you know, you throw this whole idea, you know, and again, I mean, there's, you know, and I know that he liked ownership and he liked this and he wanted something that he could use and he couldn't use that because that's a medical symbol. Yeah. So therefore he's like, well, what, how can I do this? And he's like, well, why don't I throw a 16th century horn on it? Yeah. And now it's mine. And it's, and it's like, oh, and it's basically using music. And so, and again, I don't know, I, you know, again, I mean, I can theorize on my thoughts and I've, again, heard rumors of where and why and how he did this. But that point when that album came out and also, I mean, you know, I, I had known and I had heard stories about the feud he was having with Michael Jackson. I liked his little digs in My Name is Prince where he's just like, my name is Prince. Eh. You know, and that, and that basically is him, you know, making mm -hmm. fun of Michael, you know, and it's like. Um, I just, I liked what he was doing musically at that time because he was really pushing the boundaries. I mean, and, and then I also started to hear stuff about like the gold experience and, you know, it's all just, these albums that are sitting on the, yeah, I mean, the, the sacrifice of Victor had just come out because they did the VH1 special. So, I mean, it was just, it was so intriguing. And also I'm at that point of life where, you know, you're a senior in high school, junior in high school, and you think you have all the answers and everything. You're analyzing everything, and you want, you know. Yeah, you're, you got, and you got plenty of time to do that, yeah. right? You don't got a job or kids yeah. to take care and this of. Is you can just, yeah, there's no internet. There's no internet. There's just books, magazines, and, you know. Yeah, the work itself was probably harder, right? But there's also, there's no internet, but there's also limited distractions in terms of other yeah. stuff to do, right? Like, you can't watch TikTok for two hours. Cause like, <laughs> it's interesting to think about Tef being into the, all those different, brands that are already like successful right you mm -hmm. know like you look at the back of jeans you see a red thing you associate it's levi's you know but yeah. then you have the, also this artist that you are just in love with and following all the different things and then now here he goes and he's changing his name to the symbol getting all the worst feedback you know from majority of of the the rest of the world being like you can't what the, yeah, what are we gonna call you this is what I, it, you know because were you but then now you Wait. now you associate you, all you have to do is show somebody that symbol and it's a brand you know Dude, what I mean yeah. I I got the t-shirt on right now yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean the interesting about it the, you know and I I don't I mean I'm asking this as a question for you guys too because I mean one of the things I did here and that I, you know I remember is is that the main reason why he did that was because he knew that the Jackson the Jackson Five 
changed their names to the Jacksons, and they were able to record under a different record label. Okay, so he's pushing. He's no, put- so he was trying to change his name so he could record under a different. And he figured if he recorded his name to an unpronounceable symbol, and he would get the hate that he got, Warner Brothers would just be like, "We want nothing to do with you," and just get rid of him. Yeah. So he was trying to play it out as a way of like. He was anticipating. He the wanted to get feedback. out because that's how he was able to do the beautiful experiences he had. He he recorded it under the symbol. So but then that you know because of legalities and the Jackson 5 they actually have clauses in contracts now that that eliminate yeah. the, the, the that loophole yeah. isn't there anymore like yeah. hey you can't just go change your but name. again i that's a, again something i heard you want to hear my two cents on on the symbol creation too cuz i was watching this deal and he um, he was very involved obviously with the whole batman um, soundtrack recording yep you with me on this um, obviously, no. What's uh, Batman? Batman. Um, <laughs> you know, so he was very aware of Batman and Batman at the time, like that whole kind of '89 era, like Batman and the symbol symbol mm-hmm. of the Batman. You know, was pretty much everywhere, right? Yeah. And you look at the movie poster, and it was simply the Batman symbol. Like they didn't include any other like. It wasn't. They didn't write Batman on it. They're just like, here is the symbol, right? Yeah. And I, and I feel like he was attuned to like, oh, I want to be Batman. Yeah. Right, like I want. <laughs> no, seriously, this is this is my theory. This yeah. is never, never yeah. before shared. Like I want to, I want to be Batman, and essentially, he spends the next few years figuring out. Like, I'm looking for a symbol yeah. to represent me that yep. is beyond yeah. kind of this thing that I've been using, and he was looking for it, searching for it, and when he found it, he's like, "Shit, this is my Batman moment. I'm putting that on the album cover, and this is what we're going to call it." Therefore, it is not the love symbol. It is simply. A symbol that represents his essence and his being yeah i mean but that's the thing is, is i mean remember when they did the vh1 thing and they said okay and the new album is boom and yeah. it was that it was that high pitched like that chime yep yep that came in and they they and i wondered never... i don't think do you think he was trying to represent that sound with it or was he just like it needs a sound it, it needs a sound i, I, I right? think it's a mixture of both like i think that he was saying the the music is the album it's not a named album. It's the music. And so, therefore, a sound represents the music, which is a collection of sounds. Yeah. You know, so basically the name of the album was the sound from the album. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have people to, like, rap with this stuff about? Was your friend Aaron, like, let's just No, let's no. Just he, once I started this. to get into this, he was just like, yeah, no, I'm out. I'm going to go play hockey. Yeah, so were you, like, were you communicating with anybody in terms of kind of, like, this theory and this kind of, these ideas? Because, like, it could be a little, it could be a little, it could be a little lonely. (laughs) I always had Dustin. There is lonely. I always had Dustin, you know, like, and thankfully he he put up with my stuff. He'd be like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't have. It works, it works both ways. Mark hypes me and I just listen to him. No, you should have, you should have seen it. It's a good relationship there. So, I know that. Okay, we'll fast forward to me getting into Minneapolis. Yeah, um, so tell us. So you, well, no, because I want to just kind of want to comment. And we can go, go back ahead. and then we'll circle back. But when I got to Minneapolis, it was the first time that I actually had someone where I could like have a conversation. And Billy brought him up in this, and it's Vince. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so when when I met Vince, like. I was like, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. I'm like, you know Prince? I'm like, and it was just like, I just was like, I was a kindergarten kid throwing up like yeah. all this because, and he was, he and Billy were the first two people that I like really found that I could just be a Prince freak. And, yeah. and, and, but that was, I mean, 
four years after, you know, I had. Okay, so it took you a minute. So you were still. In, I, mean, I was just by myself, just like reading and just writing and uh, doing, creating do art. Like the, and, do you like this song, Tuff? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're allowed to talk to yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had a, I had a, I had a imaginary friend. So tell me, so you decide to go to MCAD, come up yeah. here because it's one of the one out of four that are in Minnesota or no, that are yeah, that, that the there's four schools that are good only one of them is Minneapolis yeah I'm coming here because Prince is here yeah so tell me about your move to um, Minneapolis and how long does it take you from kind of your move here to get out to Paisley Park oh okay so he, Does that he question make sense? He rode by in the U-Haul, bro. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, no, because you're, so living, you're, you're living in Minneapolis. Before, how, how, how do you, when do you first go to Paisley Park? Maybe that's a better way to yeah, ask this the, question. I first went to Paisley Park before MCAD. So okay. my, my, after my senior year, I graduated and my dad said, uh, he's like, you know, he's like, let's do a road trip. I'll take you up to Minneapolis. We'll go to Paisley Park. And it was, it was so cute um, because, you know, we pulled up at Glam Slam. I'm, 18 years old and you know he walks up to the door guy and he's just like 100 bucks if you let my kid in <laughs> nice <laughs> and they're like nice no he goes 200 bucks if you let my kid in <laughs> and they're like no and like he just tried he tried so hard did it work and, at all no, or no? i never did i never got in but we Cause, the cause next what, day because it was just closed or because it was 21 plus there's 21 up. okay okay yeah well i don't i mean i didn't know that there we didn't know if there was an 18 up right, then right. or not but regardless it was just like it, it just wasn't going to happen and so then he took me out. We went to Paisley Park. We drove by Prince's house. Oh. We drove by his dad's house, which was his original Prince's original purple house. Yep, yep. His dad was outside. He, you know, he waved to me, and I'm like, "Hi." I'm like, you know, and he was, you know, but it was like, you know, again, seventeen year old kid who just, like, you know, is, this is, he, maybe he wasn't waving. Maybe he was just brushing me off or like yeah. waving to a neighbor. But I thought it was to me, and I'm like, "Oh my god, <laughs> that's good enough for me, man." John Nelson, you know, and so. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, my dad took me to Paisley, but we we couldn't get in. Yeah, so it's all kind of on the outside. It's just everything outside. But the only but did thing you go I, check out First Avenue and you? No, I didn't go check out First Ave. That was mm. weird because I didn't. I guess but I never made that connection. Glam Slam was the place, though. Like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. at that point, Glam Slam is definitely. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I didn't. I mean, and it, did you go to the NPG Music Store? That's the thing. Is so we went to the Mall of America and went to the one that was at the Mall of America. I never went to that one. And then they told us to go to the one in Uptown. And then okay. that's that was like, you know, the car ride home was just packed with you know, stuff. Everything. Tell me about walking into the NPG music store. You remember that? Yeah, I went in there six times. Like I oh. just would walk out and then I'd like five minutes later I'd be like, I just want to go back in. Did and you I'm watch ready. any did you watch any videos <laughs> yeah, in the upstairs? upstairs? Yeah. yeah, tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just I don't remember it except for city. Oh, I do remember it because once I got my apartment in Minneapolis, I made the I made that corner. That was up there. I mean, I just got purple, like like velour bean bags. Yeah, and I had pearls and stuff, and I had the purple or the blue dolphin in the window in the corner. I made a basically a little Prince screening room with a TV and everything that I could just sit there and just be, listen to music. Huh. It was modeled after that. It was. It was. <laughs> I like it. Stuff. So you went back and forth six times. You bought the stuff. Yeah, I just kept on wanting to go in. Yeah. What was it about going in? What I don't what know. Hit you? It just it just it just every I felt FOMO. Trying, trying to relieve I, that first walk. That yeah, first no, time I just walk. I felt like I was missing something. Like I was just like so I would leave. This and should be, like, be bigger. 
No, no, no. I just, I know. I would walk out and I'd be like, no, I'm, there has to be something else. I'm just going to go back and check, just check to see if I missed anything. Yeah, and I think the the interesting thing about the store is you walk in, you got the video playing on the floor, you got the curtains that are all around, you got kind of the beads and obviously all the Prince gear that's there. Smells right. That's where I was going, man. Yeah. It's like it's got its own kind of... It's Prince. Yeah, it smells, like, and it smells like Prince. It's Get Wild. It yeah. was Get Wild at the time, right? Yeah. I'm guessing you came up in, would have been 94 to the store, somewhere in there? Uh, yeah, summer of 94. Okay. Nice. So That's then, super cool. Shout out to your dad for doing that. You know? yeah. yeah. I mean, what a way to kind of like celebrate your kid's passion. Yeah. Right? Well, like, the, we're I mean, we're going to do this. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, you know, again, I mean, you know, as you guys know, I mean, it's, you know, it was my dad. I don't know how he did it or, you know, what it was, but I mean, it was, you know, the, the guitar that I have, you know, it was him, him either contacting her. I don't know how he got it through Paisley, but he basically got that for me for the 95 Christmas. Um, he got it for me and then it was James who you guys know, um, who, cross-checked it with the number on the back it was a prn number yeah, and that's which, a, that's a cloud guitar right it's the cloud yeah it's the yellow mm-hmm. cloud guitar from the cream video nice and, and you still have that yeah i forgot that you had that yeah, yeah, yeah. move so, over red rider bb gun yeah <laughs> no i mean no but i mean so it's like you know he and my mom he and my mom i mean they you know both my dad and my parents i mean they were super encouraging to me following my arts and whatever it was and they knew that he was just such a influence to me that they just you know they tried to do whatever they could to you know, so they didn't think you were crazy for wanting to move to Minneapolis because Prince lived here. No, no, not at all. So, your first trip here is the is is ninety four summer with your dad. Mm-hmm. You got to see everything, but you didn't get to go in. So you're kind of like, yeah. except for the MPG Music Store, which you yeah. were able to go in six times back and forth, which I get because yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> dude, I, I'm surprised it wasn't more. Um, so. When do you come up here next? How okay, what, so, what, what what's kind of transpires after that? So the next time was okay. So then, so after I graduated high school, I did a year of college in Chicago. And where'd you go? It was called North Central College. Okay. It was just I was going there because I at that time I had visited my sister up in San Francisco. Um, I was down at the Fisherman's Wharf and I saw all these amazing painters and artists on the street working and i'm like i don't have that skill and they're working on the streets i'm like i'm never going to be an artist so i'm like i'll go to business school but i didn't realize you could make a living doing graphic design and animation and so i did a year of college trying to go to business school and then while i was doing that i had been i had started a side business doing logo and animations for local companies yeah and I started making like enough money that I was like, shit, I could actually make a career out of this. I'm going to pursue art in yep. that aspect. So then that's when I looked into. Yeah, so now you're MCAT. digging in. So I did a year of college. And then when, my, when I came up to Minneapolis and got my apartment in Bloomington, my mom and I went out because she had never been to Paisley and she was up there moving, helping me move in. I took her out to Paisley. And they had a flyer saying, we are shooting the gold video. So your first time in Paisley was the, the gold, gold video. video. Yes. Wow. And that was also the first time I got introduced to, you know, pretty much the world of Prince by like, I mean, I, who I met that night 
it literally was just like it opened every door for my relationships with you, my relationship with Dustin, James, Michael, Sonny, Kimmy, Danny. I mean, it's like, like the world changes. That world, that night changed because of one person that I met. So, Who'd you mean? which is Danny, uh, Kimmy's brother. Okay, I didn't. I guess I knew. I mean, it all kind of goes in. How did you meet Danny? He liked the way I danced. <laughs> That's um, I rem- I remember. that is unbelievable. <laughs> Let me just stop right now. See, he so, saw he saw me dancing and Dustin dancing. He walked over and he goes like, "Dude, you're such a better dancer than Dustin." <laughs> That's so funny. Uh-huh. Um, so you're there. So he just he liked he 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 said what he said was he knew it was my first time at Paisley because he saw an uncontrollable happiness. Nobody yeah. dances this hard right away. And, <laughs> and it was it was also funny because it was also my introduction to uh, TN Dion because I went to go sit in a chair that oh, yeah. I guess was their not, chair yeah. or not or not yours not mine <laughs> and so danny when when i when i was like i'm sorry i'm sorry danny also was just like oh don't worry he's just like it's just like, like i know prince said there's no rules but there's a couple yeah yeah <laughs> couple under but i mean through then through danny you know i mean we we became friends and then i met his sister which was kimmy or Gina. Gina. Gina, who yeah. we have an episode with yeah, and if we you got, haven't listened yeah. to it. And we got an episode with Dion as well. And we got an episode, episode with Bill. And we got an episode with Bill. Yes. So it's all... This has really been a long time coming that we have Teft on. <laughs> yeah. The problem is we love to do these in person and Teft yes. is in LA. So. Yeah, so it makes it a little challenging. Yes. But I, I do think, I mean, there is a certain community and network in terms of the people and the relationships yeah. and the various characters. And this is all happening right when Dustin and I are getting into the scene as well because we're, yeah. we're there in that, you know, summer of 95 kind of uh activity and you're coming in i'm guessing it's fall like it's kind of later september early october when that gold video was shot yeah i think Give it was take. well yeah because it was my i started the basically i started january of okay of yeah yeah it was like 95 90 it had to be 96 so are you can we find you on the video do you yes. know okay where do you know where you're at i don't know the number but yes i'm on the video also my first video i know we're um, both in it we we could just screenshot those mine i'm like it's like i wasn't even at the uh gold experience shoot though oh you weren't okay. no they took that shot from some other deal yeah. that we were at i don't know why we didn't go that night oh. but but they took know. that shot from something else that i'm in you were at the actual i was at shoot. the shoot and i know and this is how this is how much you know that your fan is is that i still have the confetti in a ziploc bag in my memorial well that's <laughs> great because what, what's funny is i was reading a deal from michael bland the other day he had posted the video and he was talking about how he would find glitter like 10 days later, he yeah, was finding, finding glitter and stuff in his hair from that, that video. No joke. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that, was, they, that wasn't like a little bit of glitter. Yeah. I love that stage, too. That whole setup that of that era was just... The conveyor belt. The conveyor yeah, belt, everything. the whole thing. Everything. I mean, well, the song itself. I mean, that song was hyped up so much as being, you know, the next Purple Rain. And, like, it was like... And so, for me, when I was reading the articles about it, I just, I mean, to be a part of that and that's my experience. And it was just, it was, it, it was full circle for me. Cause I was just like, this is everything I could imagine. And I was with my mom and, and she was there and she was rocking out and having the best time. And it was just, everything about it was just amazing. Like I was, I was on cloud nine, like for weeks. So how many more shows did you go to? Because like you have that happening, let's call it October ish of 95. Yeah. And then, like, the dude just 
slams the brakes on all parties for like a year. See, I guess, I guess I never saw it that way because I, yeah, I guess I never saw it that way because like I felt that it was like within a month or two months that I was hanging out with Kim and, and Danny and Jody. Yeah, you were probably at the cool kid parties. And I just, it was like every week we were at Paisley. Yeah, and there it was, was just like, I mean, and so, and I don't, I, I, I mean, I, you know, the, the, the intimate concerts that I remember, I remember you and I talking and you were there because, I mean, you'd be the one that would sometimes just call out a song to play and, <laughs> you know, and it's just like 12 of us there. Yeah, it was always, um, but I do, I do. Now that you say it, I would say it was probably about eight months. I think I may have been a sophomore at that point okay. at art school. When then, that, I mean, because Vince, they, Billy, and happen. I, yeah, because they, because I mean, essentially, it goes '95, and then like in January of '96, he fires the band, you know, and it just goes quiet. They were down in Miami, and mm-hmm. it was like they're coming back from Miami. And they like never come back. And we actually meet you in that summer at yeah at Cheapo, Cheapo. and up Cheapo and yeah, then for, yeah and then things start to pop again. But it was before that that we, there was a lot of parties because I remember. I mean, I remember we were. I mean, he was doing Undertaker. He was doing yeah, but those were all earlier. Yeah, but it was after Gold. Nope, before. So I was watching. I was watching uh, the Undertaker videos with uh, Sonny T in the pillow room. No, no, no. You the the the, the Undertaker uh, yeah. video yeah. was, but the there was shows that they would perform those songs like Poor Goo and stuff. And yeah, they they definitely <clears throat> did songs on that. But by by January, the band gets fired and everything shuts down. Okay. And then and then essentially they do the um, they do the wedding. Did you go to the wedding yeah. party? Yeah, I went okay. to the. I went. We Kim, oh, the wedding Kim party. and I. Oh, Kim and I. Well, yeah, this is great. <laughs> the wedding party. Hold on, you'll get. A, you'll love this. So Kim and I, uh, and my mom was in town. Kim and and my mom and I went to the church. Dude, I was there too. And then afterwards, Park Kim, Methodist. Yeah, uh, call it 40th and Park Avenue, give or take. I think yeah, it was. I know it was over by MCAD. Um, I think. Yeah, Park Methodist yeah. Church. Yep. Um, but Kim Franklin came over to Kim and basically Franklin, uh, Prince's guitar tech at the time. I think he he was more of an assistant. Okay. Um, and then also White Aaron was there. Yeah, White Aaron. Yep. And at this point, you know, I not mean, not to be confused with Black Aaron. In case anybody's <laughs> wondering, why he's called White Aaron. He was. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I mean, he's called were, White Aaron. There was two Aarons. <laughs> there was there was Aaron, and then there was White Aaron. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I know. Um, people know. Yeah, he's, um, he's in a bunch of videos. But he, um, white Aaron, that is. He he had come over and told Kim. He's just like, you know, there's there's gonna be a thing at Paisley. You guys should come. And so we we drove out there, and yeah, sure enough, I and mean, we were there for the whole first listening of Kama Sutra yep. and friend, lover, sister, mother, wife, yep. and then. It was awesome because my mom. Do you have was some of those? Do you have those napkins? I have the. I still have the chocolate uh, dolphins. That's, oh, <laughs> I remember those. Yeah, it's I have the napkins. Freezer. <laughs> no, they're not for. I think they're no longer white, but you know, I mean, chocolate <laughs> does go bad after twenty years. Yeah. Um, but my mom, uh, it was so cute because my mom was there and Prince's dad was there, and the two of them just started talking for like the entire night and so like she didn't know that it was Maite's dad until 
Maite came over and said, Dad, you know, we're going to go. And she, you know, and they, but they had the nicest conversation. And she's like, he was such a great man. And I'm like, yeah, that was Maite's dad. And, you know, so <laughs> it was my mom always, she was so, she had such a great time there. What do you remember about the uh, the church side of the equation? Were you just like standing we were just on the outside? outside? Yeah, yeah, we were just on the outside. I mean, there was... I don't even think we saw them walk out. Yeah, well, they had the they had like it was draped off yeah. with like that plastic white deal. They put a tent up, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then when he he rolled in, he came in the back in a um, like a moving van type of a thing. It was like a, kind of a cargo van deal, and he just slipped right through, and you could kind of see him. And he just, yeah. I just remember I ditched uh, art school that day. Yeah, I did class that day as well. Um, hopefully you're not listening, Mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I had pictures of the whole day. I took all kinds of pictures. I remember like those the little, pictures. The little uh, camera Disposable. deal. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. They, uh, they let the doves go, and I was like, man, Prince is married. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. And then no, they, sh- then they shut awesome. that down, man. And then they, uh, they really didn't have much happening until uh, November. They were on a honeymoon. November of yeah, because uh, they went on the Hawaii. Thing. They went on the Hawaii thing. They played that. I had that bootleg, and then they uh, come back with Emancipation. Yeah, I mean such a weird era. Yeah, I mean it's it is so interesting. It's just like when you explain the timeline, I'm like, man, I swear there was more concert, there were more shows. But I mean, that but there summer, were a that couple, summer was a bust, man. There were a couple. There were a couple stints that it was just like three times a week. Yeah, yeah. You I know, mean, it was but Wednesday, the, Friday, and Saturday, and it was like. Yeah, there was stuff happening in that. Because um, so, were you there for um, the recording of Days of Wild? You had to have been at that yeah. show. Oh no, I. Or were you gone? Because that was no, December eighth no, no. we of nineteen ninety five. We were there for it, and I guess the reason why it's not mem- that much of a memory for me is because you know it, there had been so many shows, and I've heard the song so much that I didn't know that they were yeah. recording it for the Crystal. I don't Ball. think anybody knew. I mean, yeah. Prince. So I mean, it's but I mean, no. I, also, just I mean, it's just like heard the version. It was like, this is the dope one. I'm putting this on the album. Yeah. You know. But I mean, I definitely remember, you know, the nights where he sang that. I mean, because yeah. it was. I mean, it still is. It's, it's one an of anthem, the greatest man. songs. Yeah. It's the anthem. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> you're going to MCAD. You've cr- you've found this community. Tell me about kind of the Vince, Bill, Kim. Like, what what are y'all doing? I mean, you're going to print shows, you're hanging out, but like you're you're forming like deeper friendships here. Yeah. So when I got out here, um, I had originally moved out here with uh, uh, my girlfriend from high school, who was going to Horst, and you know, and I was going to MCAT, and she she just was not having living out here. She liked she, she missed she missed Chicago, she missed everything, so she just kept going back, and I would be solo, but I lived out in Bloomington. And everything was happening in Minneapolis. And so I pretty much moved in with Kim and Jody at their house. And like when you say pretty much moved in, like did you move your stuff out of your place? No, I mean, I still had my stuff. I just grabbed, I grabbed the majority of my clothes. And then I just, during the week, I would stay there from Monday until Saturday. And they go back, get new clothes, do laundry, hang out at the house during the day. And then I'd go back to her house on Saturday night or Sunday. You still baby, I think. One of the funny, I was talking to Kimmy last night about it. And I'm sorry, I call her Kimmy because that's just what I lived with. But yeah, Gina. Um, one of the things was, is like I was, when I first met them, I was 20. And they they wanted me to hang out with them and go to the clubs and stuff. 
but I wasn't 21. So they were able to get me to either work or dance at a club as a, as a dancer. Whoa, or, whoa, whoa. What? You, where were you dancing? I'm not saying where it is because I forget the name of it. Was it the 90s? No, it wasn't the 90s, but it was something similar to it. Hmm. Thomasina used to run the night. That's how I met Thomasina. Thomasina basically hired me on to be one of the dancers. Dancers and so cool. And, and that's how you would get into these clubs. And that's how and I, would, I would work. Kim and, Jer- Kim yeah, and Jody. Would, yeah, I would work. And, and Jody was dating Prince at the time. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Or kind of dating Prince at the time. It's like Maite, no, post I mean, Maite. This is pre Maite, but I think this is during the time where he was seeing a few people. Yeah. Um, and Kimmy was. I mean, Jody was one of them. And I mean, I, I would be at their house and I would get a phone call and it would be the pizza guy, but it was Prince. And I would just be did like, did you know it was Prince? No, I didn't. I just, when did you find out? After I got Jeff's off the phone. Like, I'm moving in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting this. No, after, you, now you don't the trust The pizza any. guy is Prince. No, I mean, <laughs> I answered the phone. I answered the phone. I'm like, hello, is Jody there? Or, you know, I can't do his voice, but he's just like, is mm. Jody there? I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, can I, who's calling? It's the pizza guy. He ordered a, you ordered a pizza. I just need to crack the order. I'm like, yeah, hold on. Joe, it's it's a pizza guy. She gets on the phone. She's like, hi, I'll be right back. She walks away. And I'm like, and Kim would walk over to me and she'd be like, that was Prince. I'm like, what? Not the pizza guy. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you're getting plugged in like deep into like the scene. Now, does Prince yeah. know who you are? Obviously, you're picking up the phone so, at his girlfriend's house. So at that time, girlfriend's house. at that time, because of because of how often I was going to Paisley and how the fact is, is that I was driving them everywhere. So like when Prince wanted her to go somewhere, I was the one taking her. Okay. Were you rocking the, uh, your purple, uh, Explorer? No, not at that time. Okay. No, but Aaron, white Aaron came up to me one day and he kind of, he said, so, um, and this is before I really, knew who he was and he knew who I, or I didn't know that any of this was going on, but he walked up to me one day. He's just like, he's like, so, uh, how's art school? I'm like, fine. He's like, dad, your dad's still in Chicago, uh, working for the Kirkland Ellis law firm. I'm like, Aaron, what's going on? He's like, you've been hanging around too much. So he did a background check on you. Wow. And I was like, well, okay. Makes sense. I mean, which, I mean, and Kim and Jody told me the same thing. I mean, they were like, you know, he just, he wants to be sure that, you know, people that are, that he is surrounded with are pro- not protected. But he's that, like, who's hanging out with my girl? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's just, he's but, just checking out and making sure you're all right. But yeah, I mean, so that was, that was one of those things where it was, it was, a, it was an interesting realization where, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, makes sense. But I mean, it, I I had started to be close enough, and you know, Kim was close to Morris and Sonny, and then I met James, and James and was, was working. Yeah, with, well, what's James's role? So I was at first staff for a show, <coughs> and I was with Kim and James, and I had not met James yet, but I was talking to someone about my music collection, and he had heard me mention a song and he asked me if I had, I think it was Madhouse eight. And I said, yes. And he's like, Oh my God, can, you know, can I listen to it? And I said, yeah. And so he came to my house and he saw all the music and he was just like, Holy shit. And I mean, James is a love for his music. And that's how I basically became close with James. And then me and James became, and what's James's story? What's James's background? 
Uh, what, what, what I mean, because he's got the he's got a Prince connection. We're gonna have, just, we a, are gonna have him on the show sometime. Yeah, because yeah. it's not just but like a James, random James. Like James, James, James worked for Prince. James Rhines is his last name. Yeah, James actually I think worked for Prince. I want to say the Nude Tour, but it and he may was have Mike, been. He was Michael Bland's drum tech. Michael Bland's, and he was also uh, uh, Magoo's. It was him and Magoo that were okay. were running everything at Paisley. Okay. <clears throat> and uh i mean yeah i mean you definitely need to have james to kind of I mean, explain who james is yeah but i mean Only james, james, has, james, james went is. to europe <laughs> james went to europe for mm, i think a year on tour with prince and so i mean james and i mean he's he kind of has like the same type of minneapolis background like jelly bean where like they all knew each other yeah you know he was in the he was in the yeah. circle but james james did work with and for prince for many years and so you're becoming friends with him, and then yeah, and then through him, and he's you know, not wor- he's not working at Paisley at that point. Well, he's still kinda, working. For, no, he's still Michael. working for Michael and gotcha. Sonny. I mean, he was doing both of them, and Sonny and Michael were still going there, you know, doing yeah. odds and ends stuff. But it was under the radar. Yeah, at he that would time. go out there. James, yeah, would go out there I, I, do rem- the I do remember seeing him there. Now that we're talking about it, yep. kind of post. Uh, Post NPG, yeah. that I mean, iteration of the NPG breakup, they, yeah. those guys are because he out there was recording. all there during the endorphin machine and all that. Yeah. But yeah, so James, um, yeah, I mean, so then James and I became, I mean, pretty much best friends. And he was, you know, he was one of my closest friends when I was here. James actually got me kind of my first foot in the door in a nightclub downtown. Yeah. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, the Quest. When oh, I, actually, oh, yeah. I do remember that now. When I first started doing. Uh, Wednesdays. Yep. And they were called the Rhythmus. And that's when Gilbert Davidson was running the joint. And James is there working. And, and Gilbert is. Gilbert from Paisley Park. <laughs> no? Yeah. Nope. Anybody know? I, know, I know Gilbert. Yeah. I don't. He's, no? I, I mean, maybe if I saw him. Yeah. Uh, tall black dude. Hair slicked back. Well, he didn't have hair in the middle, but the rest of the hair slicked back. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, no. I, I mean, he was, out, was he was running that. And then, I mean, he works with Sheila E now. But uh, anyways, they were trying to start a night, and James knew about me and DJ at Paisley, and he was like, you should have Dudley D come in. And then I started Wednesdays there, and then that morphed into Fridays, and then the rest was kind of history to my downtown yeah, Minneapolis kind of nightclub DJ stuff. Life. Yeah. See? Yeah. It's all connected it's all in the city. connected. All connected in the city. So you spend, you get out there for all the emancipation stuff then yeah. too? I mean, how I many mean, shows much. do you think you saw at Paisley Park? Oh, jeez. I, I mean, I'm not going to say every single one during that time period, but I mean, I was fortunate Lots. enough to have seen over 30 or 40. What's the What's the duration? So you're coming in mm-hmm. in 95. What's kind of the end cap of your, when do you leave? Well, I left, I moved out to Los Angeles in 99. Okay. And then I, but I came back here quite a bit with you guys and the at celebration the, like the mill cities yeah. and, and target and oh yeah i remember the mill city gang um, you being here and then a lot of the celebrations because just dustin and i were at the celebration with kevin smith and hung out with kevin smith while he was recording oh you were part remember of that, that deal yeah yeah we weren't no i wasn't a okay, part of it you were just, just we, you were in the room we were just there when prince was talking and kevin smith was standing next to us and kevin's asking us questions like is this how he usually is and dustin and i were like yep you know, it's just like he's usually like, like, yep. I think James was with us for that too. But so, so tell me about you and know, like that one. Of, I mean, I will get to it. But I mean, that one of the cool trips was Dustin 
James and I went to 1999 Studio 54 Vegas. Oh, we did. Dude. That was like the day, like, Tef was like, you want to go to Vegas tomorrow? And I was like, I'm still Prince mad. is playing? I'm still mad about not going to that gig, because that was 98. It's 98 to 99. Yeah. Yeah, at, at, um, at uh, Studio, Studio 54. 54. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember not going and we to had, that. And we, we had gotten, we got hooked up with VIP and everything because of oh, James. Oh, it was James and you, I think. Yeah, it was me, you, and James. And we went to the Luxor. Yeah. We stayed at the Luxor, and that's the one that's shaped like a pyramid. Yep. Teft had this badass room and this suite. He was like, you just crashed my... I was like, I don't know, dude. I, I don't even know if I... Bu- Did you buy me a ticket to the plane ticket? I don't I don't remember buying a ticket, a plane ticket. I, I couldn't go because I didn't have money. So I, I think you had cash. I, and I'm <laughs> sure you crashed at <laughs> I Teft's crashed bus. with Teft. I was like, I got to stay with you, and we got to have a ticket. And I just remember we got to Luxor and I was like, oh, this place is dope. And I went to go lean out and look. <laughs> That's and right. Because the window's at an angle, I was like, bam. And I hit my. Oh. <laughs> and he had a big old fucking mark on his head. <laughs> That's my least favorite hotel in Vegas, <laughs> yeah. by the way. But, um, but yeah, sorry. But those so, shows were so ridiculous. T- let's talk about. Because did he play just one night or did he play? Because the time <clears> opened for nights. him, right? Yeah, the time opened nights. for him. Uh, tell me about those gigs, like seeing him in Vegas. Packed. I mean, it was it was awesome because I mean, it wasn't just it was it it was such an. I think that was the first time that it was Prince, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis all in the same oh. time. I don't, you know, I don't remember details like that. Because Terry, Terry was <laughs> Terry was doing the mixing with Prince during the during the Times show, and then when on when Prince performed. Terry and Jimmy joined him on stage and they all performed. That is just way too cool for me. And I but I and I, I wanted know. to go and I didn't. And I'm still disappointed about it. I don't think you, I think the reason why you didn't go was something was school. No, it was dude, it wasn't school, it was money. It was money and not having just a spare whatever. I wasn't working because I was in school, yeah. so I didn't have like, you know, I think I was like, I'll I'll tell you just my level of (laughs) some things, you know, I'll tell you the story because I think I had like like a hundred dollars. I was like, I'm going to go out to Mystic Lake. I'm going to parlay this at the blackjack table. And And I'm I'm going going to Vegas. And then I'm going to Vegas. And I was just like, oh. You lost it, Mystic. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Because we were, where were we? You DJed that uh, the New Year's Eve. Because were you working for Prince when you did that gig? You did, he, you were not working for him on the road at that point. No, no, You were just all. doing Paisley yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brother Jules was still around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that, that it was hope. cool. It was exciting, too, because it was going into 1999. Yeah, it, was it was like, like oh, this song, It's here's the year of this, this song. Is, this Let's is gonna go. Happen, you know? yeah. So like, there was excitement around just that in itself. And, you know. Prince and Vegas in the time, and it was a packed house, too. Yeah, dope. Studio 54 was a cool club, too. Yeah. So tell me kind of, you know, between 99 and 95, like that whole kind of Paisley Park season. Yeah. Do you have a favorite gig, a favorite kind of experience in terms of like kind of Prince and him performing at Paisley? I mean, I think, I you know, I mean, it's... It's some of the iconic ones that you've you guys have touched on before, but I, like the one that we had 
where it really was like 15 of us and it was like he was just asking us he's like what do you want to play and you like yelled out i forgot what you asked him to play days of wild that's what i i mean come on <laughs> um, <clears throat> but oh, i, I don't, one shot bro <laughs> <laughs> makes my life real easy <laughs> um but it was it was like that those types of intimate shows when it was just like nobody there but i think the one of the coolest memories for me kind of going back to the aaron thing and the, the question about earlier is when i graduated art school my parents and my uncle and my aunt my family everyone came in <clears throat> And he uh, he had announced that he was going to be doing a show. And a lot of times, you know, as you remember, like we'd get stuff from Jonathan, and and Jonathan would basically be like Jonathan Carter, yeah. And he would send we us. We got an episode with him too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's I'm only doing single names because yeah, a lot of people, yeah. you know, hopefully are listening. Um, we got to educate these people. But we're but, worldwide, bro. This doesn't just <laughs> broadcast to Minneapolis. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so. I just graduated art school and my whole family came in and you know we it, this had been going on where it was almost every Friday every Saturday he would either do both days or one day <clears throat> and sometimes he would announce it on the radio and sometimes he wouldn't this one he did and the line was insane and you know and I walk up we parked because we knew kind of you could there's ways that you can sneak in and park because we'd been regulars um, and I walked up to Aaron and I had said you know, I said, hey, you know. White Aaron. White Aaron. <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, this is. Aaron Leapins for everyone think, that's not in Minneapolis. Dustin, I think this was this was when you were pretty much running it. And you had already gone in to help with the records. That's what I did. So yeah. you, you two were already in. And I knew that there was ways to get in. So I walked up to Aaron and I said, hey, listen. Um, my family is here in town. I just graduated. He goes, he goes. You got you and your family, please come in right now. He says, congratulations and come in. So it's like that memory of like him knowing that I had finished art school and that there was a little bit of like a, a proudness. Yeah. Celebration. You know, it just, it kind of just made me, and now I don't know if that was, how much of truth was that from Aaron, but I mean, you know, Aaron and I had. Yeah, we're poor. We're poor. And I mean, and it was one of those things where. He recognized. He was like, "Yo, look, they put it on the radio. Normally, you and your family would be walking in. Yeah, like, there's like nobody here. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so I mean, so I mean, we we got in and we all waited, and it was you know, it was one of those nights where you know it was three four hours until he came out. But my whole family just it was that like they all lit up when he got on stage and he performed. Because had they been to shows with you before? <clears throat> uh, sorry. Um, my uncle and my aunt haven't, but okay. and my sister hadn't, but yeah. my mom and my dad had been. Yeah, they'd come in and ton of times. Uh, yeah, so cool. yeah, I remember there was a couple times uh, where I, <laughs> I would be so tired, and Kim would want to go out. Kim and Jody would want to go out to Paisley, and I, and some. It was times where he didn't perform, but it was still a party. And you remember his little Paisley purple couch that was right in the atrium. Yep. So I would sometimes curl up on there and fall asleep. <laughs> oh, I, I I know that temptation. Because <laughs> I was so tired. But I just remember there'd be sometimes I'm just like, all right, Kim, go dance. I'm gonna go take a sleep. I mean, those parties. <laughs> I mean, those parties didn't start till one o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. So like, if you were working stuff, it was it was yeah. it yeah. was an exhausting um <laughs> affair we spent a lot of hours but yeah i mean i mean but that kind of gives an idea i mean I, I i i'm very fortunate with the my 
my experience with that whole time because I mean obviously this is someone who inspired and influenced me and then I'm so comfortable I can take a nap on a couch at Paisley Park I'm like come on here we go here we go (laughs) so you move out of Minneapolis obviously you come back for the various celebrations you move out to LA you know what what do you you went to school for art design animation Mm -hmm. tell people kind of like how your art you know what, what, what do you do from an art perspective how did that kind of so, I mean, currently right now, I mean, in my most of my career is I've done visual effects for films and television shows. And like what? Like we're not we're like we're not talking like some C grade flex. stuff. <laughs> Hold on, flex on them, flex yeah, this, on them real quick. This is Let not this, this is not some C grade production. We're not talking about the PBS. So I mean, I've Channel done thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, more recently, I've done things like I did Mandalorian. I've done uh, what's that on? Just messing with you. <laughs> it's a marvel show yeah. with uh batman yeah. no i've done I, yeah, i've done the mandalorian i've done skull island uh i worked on you know the first uh, spider-man homecoming i was just talking um, with delaney tonight he worked on some oh, stranger couple things. things for stranger things you did stuff for stranger things i did the last two episodes oh wow yeah i did it, uh, most of the stuff in the upside down world that's so cool yeah and so super cool i started a studio and um uh, called Opsis and about three years ago and we've just been kind of cranking through I mean we just recently we we just wrapped up Haunted Mansion which is coming out we did Secret Headquarters we've done Strays which is another one that's coming out with Wolf Earl and you know, oh yeah I see the commercials yeah so I mean like on we, the NBA finals yeah it's kind of a big deal yeah it's like, um, <laughs> so I mean visual effects kind of that animation just describe to the best of your ability like what does that mean so pretty much what i'm doing is anything that's shot on blue screen or anything that needs a computer generated enhancement whether it be a cg animal or something or a cg character or um you know a set extension or you know crowds and like another did you guys see the david beckham um peyton manning world cup commercial i did during that so we did all that uh, and that was all shot at LA Galaxy, and we filled the stands with crowds, and you know we painted out all the signage so it didn't say Galaxy, and then we added CG soccer balls, and you know added crowds of moms, you know marching down the street. So I mean, like that was something that we're we're basically taking footage and stuff and enhancing it or digitally, you know, d- editing it. That's just cool. It's crazy yeah. stuff. You don't even, like people, literally people just don't know how much of the stuff that they're watching is done. Like, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, and I that's, have no idea. a lot of the stuff that we do and that we specialize is, is what are called like hidden effects where it's like, you know, they want to shoot, you know, today in Minneapolis in June, but they want it snowing. So we'll replace everything outside. So it looks like it's snowing and we add snow and everything because their shooting schedule is in June. Rather it's easier than, to get done that way then. Well, it's not that yeah. it's easier. It's just I mean, it's not, the maybe time, not. the budget. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, like, you know, like I'm working on a, I'm working on a project right now where, you know, they, they went, shot it in Chicago and they were hoping it was going to snow, but there was no snow this, this season. And so now that there's like the script requires snow. So now we got to replace and add snow to everything. So, so cool. Yeah. How do you think, 
your work today and kind of your art? Because, I mean, you're creating all the time. Like, that's just who you are. But when you do it for a career, you do it at a very yeah. high level, obviously, with the He does resume. it for Purple Highs when we need <laughs> He does something. it for Purple Highs. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, how do you think that work ha- was influenced by Prince and kind of your, you know, I guess, fandom, right? Your, your experience with him over the years. Um, I would say that the, the biggest thing that, you know, the execution side of things of uh, the execution of the art aspect of what I do is just, it's a technical ability to create something. I would say that the, the storytelling and the thought and the purpose of why I'm doing what I'm doing is driven by the influence that Prince had, which is he everything he did had a meaning and a purpose, and therefore he was always trying to tell a story. And one of the things that I what what I do mostly with with my studio and with myself is is that I help you know the directors and the creators and the producers figure out the best way to tell their story. And a lot of times we 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 always call it it's like a director's sandbox to just he and I will sit down together. <clears throat> play a play just a ton of ideas down and be like, hey, what about this? What about this? And spitball a bunch of ideas until we find something that works. And then once that works, when it's just the two of us or a small team, it's a lot less people that are figuring out. And then once we have that figured out and it works, then we put it out to the masses. Then we get the you know I get don't the say, crew working. We get the get crew the, working yeah. on it and figuring it out. And then they go shoot it and then they do that. So I think it's the storytelling and the theory on why I'm doing it is what he brought and helped me figure out and i mean you were thinking about that in terms of his storytelling i mean you go all the way back to act one act two when you're watching that you're thinking about how how is he constructing this yeah but it's also i mean i think it again going back to less of the visuals of what he did and more of the of the poetic you know lyrics and music and you know the instruments and the choice and i mean that was the one thing it's like <clears throat> a lot of the music that I'm more intrigued with is his more like um, we were having that conversation where it's just I don't know what the word is, but like lucid or give, you know, give me examples of these songs. <clears throat> Condition of the heart, um, temptation. Um, trying to think of what were some of the other ones that I jotted down. You know, I wonder you, Venus de Milo, uh, Power Fantastic, for the tears in your eyes. Um, <clears throat> love thy will be done you know i mean those types of songs where it's just it's they're they're ballads in a way but they're not yeah they're they're it's slower they're slower songs slower songs that make you kind of you fall into it and you are you're just kind of mesmerized by it uh how about how about uh contemplative that's a good word contemplative songs yeah. what is it about the contemplative songs that resonate with you it forces me to resonate in the moment it forces say, me to resonate. say more about that what do you mean by that so it makes me instead of with a lot of the dance numbers i want to get up and groove and i want to get up and move and i want to do this and, when you, it, and you're a mover just by yeah, nature like I mean, you'd it, like to move uh, yeah and i mean and that was not like another aspect i mean before i tough can kind of dance <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> i uh yeah no i mean when i came out here remember i studied ballet i didn't know that either yeah at uh, zion okay so let's, um, let's keep on but, this contemplative yeah, so, stuff okay so 
basically when the music is just something that you fall into you're sitting there and you are just taken over by it and you are in your thoughts it's like meditation in a way i would say and i mean like that's the thing is like you look at the music that comes with meditation it's very um uh yeah again i'm just i don't have the words but it's reflective yeah i mean contemplative uh, inner inner centric it's it's it allows you to yeah, go inward lucid. i mean that's It'll, i think yeah. but it's allowing you to go in yeah to you versus out to it, it, the world like the dance numbers yeah are, would like to like, compare and contrast the dance numbers get you moving and have you making these big movements yeah. and these songs on the contrary allow you force to me into, into my brain your, yeah yeah and and i liked the idea that i was really sitting there and just listening to the the lyrics the music and the instruments so i mean it's it it just basically made me it forced me to be in my head and with my thoughts what do you think you've taken away from those songs in terms of who you are reflection like you know it, it 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 made me really find myself and be content with who i am and did, did, was there like a moment of that happening, like a season, or do you feel like that was like just kind of something that you've I gotten think, a better perspective on as you've gotten older? No, I think that I, a little bit of that, but I think that the, the the time that I always go back to is because I really fell in love with these songs when I was in Florida at Bulateri, and it would be on the bus trips to and from you know the 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 school to the to the courts. Yep. I would listen to my Walkman and... Tennis courts? Yeah, tennis courts. I would listen to my Walkman and I just had a playlist that was just slow ba- like slow songs like that. And it was Condition of the Heart and Tempest and... Or, I mean, sorry, um, Temptation. And I just... I mean, and the whole Parade album, in my opinion, just... And all, I mean, and then fast forward to the next album that I just really, really loved was Come. Yep. Because it was a lot of that. It was like dark and solo mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, even come was, I mean, that song itself. And it's like, I just fell into it as a whole. And it was just like, it was, it was dark. I mean, another musician I really, really love is Nine Inch Nails, but I like his slower stuff. Okay. Hmm. <coughs> That's interesting to me. It's the whole, like, come being that next album on your list. It makes yeah. sense though. Yeah. But Tef's also, I mean, yeah, like you said, you you do stuff with meaning. You know, when I come up with an idea or something for something that we're working on, you know, it's yeah. Let's like, talk about that for a minute, because Tef, what? Go ahead. Tef always takes it, you know, to the next level. So when did Tef start? Because because Tef has really helped us out from a Purple Highs and our previous name Paisley Nights. Yeah. On some of the graphic front, when did that start? Well, Devious did that... Devious did the graphics for our like logo and stuff. But, David Schwartz. Yep. Of uh, Daisy Chain, shout yep. out Devious, um, but Teft has always. I mean, this goes back to when I was DJing at Foul Play. Yeah, two turntables, and, no. and I wanted to record that was you? a mixtape. Oh. I wanted to record like people, you know, would I would be DJing, and they'd be like, "Do you have a, a mixtape or a CD or something like that?" And I was like, "You know what? I'm going to record like an hour long set, one night here live in the club." You know, and then I'm going to make it into a CD and sell it. Yeah, and Foul Play was a bar at the University yep. of Minnesota that you had a standing gig at. Yep, and uh, 
Yeah. I didn't know how to do any of that graphic design stuff, but I knew Teft, and I knew Teft was going to school, and he had the computer, and he had all the he had the camera and everything, and like Teft came down to the nightclub and took a picture of the turntable over the top, and it was like yep. his idea to like, all right, because you play on records, I'm going to make this clear case and make it look like the CD is an actual record. And you're taking the ra- the CD oh, off I of the that. off of the turntable, and putting it into your disc drive. Right? That was your your shout thought. Out, shout out to Teft. Or was that, that my idea? <laughs> no, that no, was my, your your idea was the, the the other one that I kind of more proud of was the bumps ahead because oh, I, right. I loved I loved the yield that. sign of the DJ going and it said. Bumps what was ahead. the bumps ahead one? Was so that, that the was, yellow? The yellow was, traffic or the the like sim- So you always see like the the yellow signs and it's like the construction yep. is like caution bumps ahead or you know. And mm-hmm. it was a DJ so with two turntables. Yeah. yeah. So it was caution bumps ahead, and he made it with a DJ with two turntables, and then we used that logo for Rhythmus at uh, the Quest. Nice. Yeah. So you've been doing. Pro bono work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for Dustin. Wait, I don't get paid for this? <laughs> I pay you in my love. Aww, <laughs> that's all I want. No, you and know. And then how do we get him hooked up on, on was, it, was it the live stream for 24-7 that it was like, hey, we need some help on this because this thing is 24 hours of Prince music and we need some graphics? Yeah, I mean, basically. Tell, we're, so what was, what, when was this, Dustin, this 24-7 stream? 2020. So we did that During because the of the pandemic. Yeah, so I was like, well, Tef's not working. No, I'm just kidding. Tef's always working. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, once again, who am I going to call? Tef. Tef yeah. Smith II. Yeah, because Dustin and I are talking <laughs> at that point because we started doing mini streams, yeah. you know, to or Dustin was doing mini streams. And then streams. I'm just kind of doing my own, you know, self-taught graphic stuff. And, you know, we just wanted the live stream for the 24 hours. We were like, it needed to pop. So Tef created the whole whole thing that well actually did devious create the look and then you animated it he, kind of it was kind yeah, of a collaboration me, yeah no he gave me the because he made he a gave flyer me the, for us he, he gave me the psd that had yeah. his gra- his, his graphical design and then yeah. i took everything and made it you know and we were animated. like what if it looked like a clock you know and it's going yeah. Yeah. around and then know, the, yeah, oh, the pedals yeah. the pedals so falling cool. and yeah yeah it was super dope Oh, those are some good graphics. You can go scroll back on our timeline. Yeah. You can find it. Yeah, that stuff, that stuff is so it. cool. How do you, do you like doing this Prince graphic stuff? <laughs> yeah. Do you like helping us? I'm yeah, just curious. Know. Like, I mean, you obviously, you're getting into it, right? Because you guys are working now. Like, I yeah, came no, over I mean, and y'all are working for this First Avenue gig. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jeff it's... helped me with the New Year countdown at Paisley Park this last year. Like, Yeah. I mean, I, I love... That, that's the thing is I, I just love to problem solve and create shit and with cool people i mean it's funny whenever i talk about what my studio does then they're like i'm sitting with directors and they're saying so like why what you know what, what are you i'm like yeah, i just want to create cool shit with cool people and you're a cool person so can let's I do it chill? yeah let's do this it's like we'll figure out the budget <laughs> <laughs> well we got no money <laughs> that's so funny and i'm still doing it <laughs> uh, no but i think too you know it's kind of full circle it's like what you can give back to prince and this legacy you know yeah i mean later on in life yeah let's talk about that go ahead there is there is definitely this you know sense of like you know it's just cool i'm doing something for people who like prince and i love prince and yeah you know and And sometimes work becomes work right it's like all right this is i'm still using my 
I'm still using my talents and skills, but I'm doing something like I'm just doing this because I want to do this. It feels different sometimes. It does. For me, it does sometimes. No, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, there's always, there's always a point in every job or every project that I do where I'm like, you know, I put in five or six extra hours because it's like, I'm, you know, I'm not done with it. And then there's those times where I'm like, I get this done tonight and I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. It's work at that point. So, I mean, what do you think, I mean, on like the first day of graphics, for example, right? We won't get into the details because some people will listen to this beforehand, but like, what do you think that adds to the experience, being able to have graphics along with the music from a Prince perspective? I think that, you know, again, looking at the the last several shows that I've gone to and then like there's the, 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 what's the word? It's the the whole edm movement you know and like djs that are doing edm parties and stuff like that and they just have these abstract videos that have nothing but you know some type of motion or something that is and even tiktok you know I mean, you yeah. look at some of these videos and they're just short clips of that are on or you go to um uh spotify and like these these music artists are doing these like five second loops of like but the, it just plays and it's just it's something to watch while you're listening to music that's just an additional immersive experience and i love that idea of just having that extra little bit it's just fun and you know and i mean like i've done you know already for this show i've done what 20 different iterations of stuff and it's like maybe you guys will use three of them you know and it's just no, like i promise i'll use four <laughs> no i think but i mean i think it's it's interesting you know kind of behind the curtain work of purple right. eyes right like i mean we're bringing in folks to try to enhance this to the, to yeah. the degrees we can right to be able to pull right. people in at different levels to i mean Prince was all about the experience, right? Yeah. And it's hard to have the experience sans Prince, right? Like, right. people know that dude ain't showing up tonight, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so how do we, you know, optimize and really bring folks to the table? Well, we talk about the set list. We talk about the graphics. And we yeah. talk about the other little pieces of the puzzle we can bring together to really, you know, give people the full breadth and depth of, 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 of what his art did. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's like an enhancement. It's super cool. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I appreciate I mean, you I, too. I, mean, I, I think, I don't think it would be the same without the work yeah. that you did. But I mean, even, you know, and again, I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like, I, it's like, I'm, I would take no offense or anything. It's just like, if the, all the stuff I did was like not used or it's like, you know, we did, you know, you and I looked back at the stuff we did for the live event and there was like, like oh my god i mean there's like good 30 or 40 things in there and it's like like god shit i forgot we did this and you're like i don't even remember seeing it. i'm like i don't know if i sent it and it's like <laughs> and it's like i'm like there's so much and it's just like and we may not use it and it's like but it was fun for me to just explore it and i'm like yeah i'm just having fun just being like oh this is fun let's try this and well also too what was so cool about the 24-hour live stream is like I was like in the middle, you know, hour three or something, and Tef's like texting me. He's like, "When are you doing so and so this, you know, hour block of whatever?" <laughs> and I'm like, "That's not up, you know, it's not happening for like five hours." And he'd be like, "Okay, I'll get you something for that. Hold yeah. on." And then he would literally <laughs> be working that. on it, and then he would text me and send it, you know. And then I would roll over and load it up into the computer yeah. so Keith could roll it on when we went to that that moment in time, and 
then yeah. we'd play. Yeah, and, 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 but then you're, you're, on the reverse one, I loved it when it's just like there's like three hours left, and you're like, oh shit, I need an ending. Taft, quick, can you <laughs> can you just give me an ending? I need it to be like this. I'm like, oh shit, you I don't know. Remember what that was? Busting my ass. I don't know that we whole needed, that whole no, thing. We, is you a wanted to you wanted to bookend it, so we had the opening where it came up, but you wanted oh. it to end out with you know. I think at that point it was. And then later that night, I was like. I'm gonna go live tomorrow after 27 hours. Oh, I was that's like, right. With I'm the gonna microwave. go live tomorrow, and we're gonna call it the leftovers. Yeah, and it's gonna be all the stuff I didn't play. And, and, and Taff, I was like, can you just get me a microwave with just a, <laughs> a to-go box in it, just spinning with the symbol on it? And I mean, just... you give me a crazier request that you've gotten than that, dude. <laughs> Taff's like, totally yep, forgot. I'm on it. I totally forgot about the microwave. <laughs> I'll tell you what I thought that was a really great stream by the way like yeah, it was all these like just yeah out of all know, the ones songs. that we did out of everything I did the microwave yeah, was the best the leftovers it was a great idea yeah. alright so we, we've gone down that rabbit hole we've talked a little bit about you your career how that has helped us uh, tell us about kind of your post Minneapolis time with Prince you talked a little bit about oh, uh, 21 God. nights yeah. in Los Angeles maybe start there oh geez that was okay so the first, the first big, <clears throat> the big one was um, the Kodak Center when he did. He did the Kodak shows where it was. I forget what tour it was. No, it was the one that you um, you were DJing. Uh, one night alone. Really? <clears throat> uh, oh, with yeah. Rainbow Children. Yep. Where is this in LA? It was at Kodak. Yeah. Yeah. So. This that was probably the most exhausting week of my life with Prince because he he basically to the this is when he started to do like the pre tickets for fans. Yep, yep, yep. And so he had a pre show and then he had rehearsal and it started at three. And so you went three until five was like this pre show where it was like pre-fans could come in and it was like a very small group and it was like you know just kind of getting in and he would be testing stuff and like sometimes we'd come out sometimes i play a few songs but then he had a rehearsal and the band came out and they rehearsed several songs then it got shut down at like seven and then the audience came in and the show started i think at like eight or eight thirty and it went on until 11 then there After was party. the ha- House of Blues party, which went, went from like one until four in the morning. This is how this is how things used to go yeah. down, man. And then and then it was just like, okay, good night. We'll see you tomorrow again at three in the afternoon. And we did it for like I think it was for four days. Wow, and that's a lot of good. Oh my god, shows. it was amazing. But it was and every night was different. It was a different set always. And you know, I mean, the House of Blues was just crazy because I mean it was. I mean, sometimes he didn't even, I mean, I forget who was all performing, but I mean, sometimes, I mean, he wouldn't sing and it would just be, you know, guest stars and stuff. But I mean, it was, it was an exhausting thing, but. Did you have a Prince crew out in LA then (coughs) that you were rolling with or were you? I had a couple of people in California. One, there was a a guy, I want to say his name is Bobby Thomas was his last name, but Bobby, he's a butcher up in San Francisco. And I'm sure that that might refresh your memory on who i'm talking about nope 
Bobby was someone who I met he in took Vegas. took care of the body the one time. He's the butcher. <laughs> <laughs> but Bobby, Bobby was one of the coolest guys I ever knew because, I mean, like, he was just, he was like, you saw him. He was an amazing dancer. Fashion was, like, top notch. And he bust out the coolest outfits, and everybody loved him. I mean, like he, he just would walk in the line, and people were just like, "Bobby," and he's just like, "Hey guys," and he's part of the Prince scene. But then it's like you ask him, he's like, "So what do you do?" And he's just like, "I'm a butcher." And I'm like, <laughs> "What the fuck? How's this even possible?" Yeah, I know. It's just like you were like, so I just seen him like in a white apron <laughs> chopping meat. But no, I mean he he was one of my closest uh, LA con- or like West Coast connections. And then Jeremiah, yeah, from Doctor Funkenberry. Yeah. I didn't realize um, you were hanging out with him at that time. Too. I, I mean, we were we were friendly. I okay. mean, we would we wouldn't hanging out, but, but we like you were you were you were in the shows yeah. and like yeah, yeah, yeah. You, game recognized game. He's yeah. like, oh, you you were in Minneapolis exactly. before. I got you. Yeah. Um, and then um, oh, you uh, got Christina. a guitar? No. <laughs> yeah, Christina. Yeah, because she lived out there for because and because she, she had moved, she moved out, out there. Yep. Yep. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, the West Coast circle was, you know, I mean, I mean, so we would do the Vegas shows, we would do, you know, San Francisco, and then we did LA. And I mean, the, the big nights at LA were the Co- the Kodak Center, the Roosevelt Hotel. Oh, that was, I remember of, those. that was I remember one of those not shows. Not going where to them, but hearing about them. That show was <laughs> insane. That was the one of the first times where we got invited onto the stage to dance nice so i was up on the stage dancing now does prince remember you from minneapolis is he like hey this is i know who this guy is there was from chicago (laughs) yeah there was recognition i mean yeah like i i I, this guy's not more so in vegas at the studio 54 okay um you know, because I mean, that was that was during that time, though. That was during that season. Yeah. Well, but yeah, that's true. That was during that season. Um, what about uh, 3121? Did you do any of the 3121 stuff? I never went to his house. Okay. But um, no. The only time that weren't you, you went to his house. You called no, me up and. I was never at the house. And I also wasn't at those Kodak Theater because I wasn't on. I didn't do that little north. That leg, north, of, that leg of the tour. Yeah, I joined when it went overseas. Okay. I missed those. Okay. Um, so, but we were but out in LA t- that one time <laughs> for the. Uh, what did I do? Well, I did the Jay Leno, mm-hmm. and there was an after party. Did you get? That it was, was just we that was the out. Jay Leno, and then the after party you called me up for, and I couldn't come. Yeah, because tough was born. Then there was also when they had the one night alone <laughs> screening. Mm-hmm. Were you at the show after that? I was like, where was that? Universal Studios? Yeah, I was there. was there. like the screening yeah. Yeah, 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 at the yeah, theater, yeah. and then afterwards I DJ'd, <laughs> yep. and then he performed there. Was that, yeah. the, that was the, the Aladdin DVD? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went to that. I went to the Rainbow Children listening party at the Standard. Um, so you're hitting that, but if he's in town, I mean, yeah, you're hitting I was, stuff up. Yeah, I mean, but the cool... This was... It's, and Jeremiah had told me, I didn't realize that how the backstage pass that I got was so like significant but when i was at the first 21 or 21 night show you know it was with it was with amber my wife and we were standing there and we were like three rows right by the the horn side perfect like line of sight to prince and everything and all of a sudden i get smashed by a light oh shucks a light fell from the top of uh 
the forum. No, I should have called you lawyers. <laughs> well, <laughs> they, basically, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> they basically came up to me and they're like, oh my God, we are so sorry. Here is a backstage pass. And he gave me two of them. Nice. Well, this pass was to every show, any night, anytime I wanted to go, both the pre-show, show and the after show they did not better want than, the lawsuit better than better than a lawyer right there though <laughs> but it was it was one of the coolest things because it was just like you know it would be like six seven o'clock at night and i'd come home after work i'd be like amber is like oh, i'm tired i'm like all right i'm gonna go to the forum <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, just see roll Prince. roll down and hang you out Minneapolis. And, <clears throat> so how many of those was, shows did you go to i think 13 Dang. i think i went to like 13 shows and I mean, like, what was the what was the vibe like in L.A. when he's playing those? Like, is, is this like known so, or is this yeah, like? No, this was more than known. I, everybody and their mother was. No, yeah, this the was all. This is huge news. This the tickets were nights. the tickets were cheap. They're like twelve bucks. Um, you know, people bringing the whole family. Yeah, kids were going. I mean, it was like it was a family affair. And then the after and the and the special guests that he brought up on stage. I mean, he brought everyone up. I mean. Dave Grohl, who was in the after, like backstage, not backstage, but he was in the back room where mm-hmm. he'd do the after show. You know, he never got to jam with him, but you've heard the famous yeah, yeah, story yeah, yeah. of like he got called down to do a rehearsal yep. and then he didn't get called up. But I mean, like, you know, I mean, I'm trying to remember some of the He's celebrities. Kick, kicking Kim Kardashian off the stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but LA is a buzz with mm-hmm. all things Prince. At the I time. mean, it was, yeah. it was probably one of the coolest things because, I mean, that was the first time I was just like, yeah, it's cool to be a Prince fan. And yeah, people. Because right. he kind of arrived. At this point, it was no longer like, I don't have a pronounceable name and you're yeah. you're alone in this. It's like he's rock royalty. Yeah. I mean, it was. Um, that was. And that was, I think, the last time that I saw him were those shows. That was my next question. So you. you... I didn't see uh, the piano and a microphone. Okay. So, um and yeah and, and and that was the thing and then dustin called me up and there was a show that he did uh private show after i guess it was leno um and he invited me out to it but my son was just born and i was just like yeah i've seen him enough yeah get a little older. not too. enough yeah, but, but it like was just you're, like you're at a different stage of your yeah. um of your life so tell me you know when how do you find out that uh prince died fuck um, so I was on a, I was, I was on a film. What film was it? Shit. I don't remember. Um, but one of my artists came over to me totally like, not like, it was so like non empathetic at all. He's just like, Hey, Taft Prince is dead. And I'm like, wait, wh- I'm sorry. What? And he goes, yeah, here, look. And he just handed me this phone, and it was like on news. And I'm like, I'm sorry, hold on. And and then I went outside, and <clears throat> I called, I think I called, yeah, you guys, or I called James, or I, I just called everybody. Everybody called everybody. And and then, you know, surprisingly, someone who I still am in contact with is Jerome Benton. Yep. And I called Jerome. And because I'm like, I, I just don't trust anyone. I, I want to hear from someone who's still in this camp. Yeah. And because a lot of people weren't answering and Jerome answered and he just was crying. And he was just like, he's like, you know, I lost my friend. And I'm like, fuck, this is real. He's like, yeah. I said, and he's like, I got to go. I'm like, that's fine. And like, you know, we will catch up later. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it was one of those moments where I was just like, this, this isn't real. And then just, you know, I mean, it was such a, like the rest of the day, it was just numb. Um, yeah, it was crazy. What was it like kind of, I mean, obviously, I mean, this is it's a grieving process for the fan community. You know, and I think it's a little different for us being here because, like, we were like, all right, we're going to go out here. You know, we're in yeah. Minneapolis. Well, we were just talking about kind of Minneapolis is kind of, I mean, in some ways it was weird for me because it was like, where were y'all, um, you know, when the, when the yeah. kind of, when, when he died. But, like, kind of being in a place like L.A., like, what was it like kind of? So, we, surprisingly, we did a lot. Um, but one of the coolest things that I think you, I don't know if you guys knew about or I'm getting to tell you and you're going to be jealous <clears throat> is at the LACMA <laughs> they had for a month an exhibition called the rain room mm-hmm. and it was a room that you walked through and wherever you walked a light followed you and the rain would stop that's pretty but cool but it's you're surrounded with rain yeah and it's like connected for, to your emotion yeah. so I'm moving and and the rain stops wherever mm-hmm. you are and that night that day for that one day they made it purple and they played Purple Rain on loop. That's so cool. And I was able to go to that. So Super cool. And it was, <clears throat> for me, it was that was a, 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 a good send-off for me to just be com- content with what had happened. And, uh, you know, and I had talked, and, I mean, you know, again, we can get into theory about, you know, I mean, is it is it something that he just, you know, I... I I think that I don't think he could have gotten an old. I don't yeah. think he could I don't think he could have gotten to a point where he couldn't perform and I think that in many ways, you know, I it, I would I'm I'm sad that he's not here to create new music. I'm more sad that my kids will not you know, see him like, you know, my son tonight said, where am I? And I said, you know, I'm doing, you know, I'm helping friends out with this event for Prince to celebrate his life. And he's like, you're with Prince? I'm like, no, and you remember he's, <laughs> he's no longer with us. He's like, oh yeah, that's right. And he's like, um, you should have just told him you were, screw it. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, we're hanging but out right no, now. I mean, he's making the, me pancakes. But the thing is, <laughs> but you know, I mean, he sat there and he's watched his shows and yeah. like he's watched him play because, you know, he looks at the guitar and he's just like, he's like, so whose guitar is that? And he's like, you know, Prince. He's like, can Prince come here and play it? I'm like, no, Prince isn't here anymore. He's just like, you know, so I mean, I think it, I would have wanted to have taken him to a show and, you know, and my daughter. And so, but, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's the music, which is still coming out. That's what I'm, you know, I think that there will be like how Beethoven is, you know, performed at concert halls and orchestras and stuff. I just, I think that there will be some world in which, you know, we will have, you know, 50, 60, 100 years of ways of representing Prince's music that will hit generations yet to come, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I, I agree with you. You know, I think the, uh, the music will carry on and I think there will be people that gravitate towards it. Right. Yeah. I mean, in part because of the storytelling, because of the way in which he, yeah. I mean, obviously the music itself is just awesome on all kinds of levels, but he's also, pulling people into something that uh resonates with the human condition yeah and uh, i don't think that's going to stop i mean that's one of the reasons we want to do this podcast is we want to get the stories out in terms of you know there's another element to the community there's these people that participated in this life prince was 
um, creating with us, right? Yeah. Like we're part of that process. There's feedback loops. There's there's all kinds of stuff happening. So we want to get these stories out there, and that's that's why we started it. That's why we're doing these interviews. Uh, that's why we keep doing the music that we're doing, the live streams, stuff at First Avenue. We want to keep promoting Prince's music yeah. and just continuing to lift it up and just kind of uh, celebrate his legacy. Yeah, and there's gonna be a lot of great things I still think are gonna come. Yeah, there's, it, it ain't over. Let the music out. Let the music out. <laughs> Free the music. You got any final questions? Free the music. Du- final questions, Dustin? No, I don't have any really. Well, I do have one final question. So, if you okay. were to have to pick between me being a better dancer or you, <laughs> who would you go with? <laughs> we uh, never even told that story, actually, of how we met. Story? Yeah, how, how we, we met. met. <clears throat> we just kind of, yeah. we met oh, at yeah, Chibo. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, this oh. is why I was giving Teft a hard time about dancing throughout the whole episode. Yeah. But, so... I mean, you could tell the story. You tell it. I mean, we met it. So it was New Power Soul was being released. Yeah. Well, that was when oh, we right. actually. Yeah, it was New Power yeah, Soul. It was New wasn't Power it? Soul. And I, remember some, I remember something. For some something. reason, I was thinking it was um, uh, Chaos and Disorder. No, no, was, no, yeah, no. I remember. I haven't. I had. I had not met you guys yet. Um, but it was um, basically it was Vince, Bill, and I against yep. you, Mark, uh, you and Dustin and Mark, and it was the three of us were rivals against you at Paisley and Mark this is would, all in your head yeah this is definitely knew, all no 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 <laughs> Billy, Billy said the same thing Bill said the same thing not rivals but I mean I just we was a better dancing. dancer we were all dancing I was a better dancer and you just were intimidated oh I thought no I thought you were intimidated to talk to me because I was a better dancer no 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 <laughs> Um, I'll tell you what. Back then, I wasn't a better dancer. <laughs> you, <laughs> no, you want to dance me now? I feel nah. like you know yeah, I've, no. I've evolved, man. Without DM, without no, DMSR, man, I didn't even Mark know what never two gets and off four was. <laughs> I think uh, no, but I think that there was there was there was a bit of there was a bit of yeah jealousy at that point where it was just like we were you know we looked at you guys and you know you were just coming up as a dj and you started to you know get up there and yeah we were we wasn't say we were intimidated by you but we didn't feel that we weren't as comfortable with you but i mean at that point there were little clicks within paisley yeah well and yeah. just we you know we're new on the scene we don't know you know who anybody is we're like you're there figuring well, it out but the thing was is that in our eyes you guys were veterans like that's billy bill oh, bill is definitely I. more of a veteran than us yeah you well, were maybe newer and uh, well, yeah but i mean but when we were seeing you guys, we felt like you yeah. guys were more connected. But it was, yeah. but but it was finally we Little all we know got... you're hanging out with the pizza guy. <laughs> yeah. what the hell? Yeah, he wasn't <laughs> calling our house. <laughs> well, we, it was when we were at Cheapo. You guys were there. You guys got there first in line, and mid, the album's coming out at midnight. Yes, we're there on like a Monday. Yeah, yeah at like eleven fifty-five. Yeah, it was. Ele- yeah, and we got there, and we we were five minutes where we basically were forced to talk, and we realized, well, shit, we're all yeah, cool. I thought we walked up on you. I thought you were in front of no, us. No, we were definitely in line first. We were? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. how we roll. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, all of a sudden we were like, yeah. And so we started talking. Blah, blah, and blah, then, blah. Yeah, and then we became fast friends. And yeah, I mean, and then it's been pretty much, yeah. I mean, it was. Here we are. 2023. 20 still, years later. Still doing this. Two, 25 years later. <laughs> yeah. Two, uh, a couple of days away from, uh. A first half gig. Yeah. It's yeah, going to be awesome. I'm so happy you're in town, Taft. It, this yeah. is yeah. super fun. 
catching up and i wouldn't talk to tef before this interview i was i was keeping it all short on him i was like he'd be like let's talk about this so i'm really looking forward to actually talking now that we've done the interview now i understand why you're ignoring my phone calls (laughs) i was like dude we don't need to chat until we do this episode (laughs) yeah we can talk about it here yeah see here we Um, go yeah no that's great what do you want to add tef yeah what's what yeah how do people find out about you and your work and all that uh yeah i mean you know i mean you can look me up uh it's the studio is called opsis trust me he's real expensive though so (laughs) like don't just call thinking you can get some pro bono stuff (laughs) (laughs) uh the studio is called opsis uh o-p-s-i-s uh website is opsis-hq.com so opsisheadquarters.com um yeah. What's, what mean, what does opsis mean? So it's the Greek. It's basically what it is. It's the Greek word for the, the final spectacle of a Greek drama or tragedy. See, this dude's always thinking. Yeah, it's so, thinking yeah, it through. so it's deeper the, than Atlantis, man. It's the final spectacle of an event of a of a performance, and, and that's, that's what you do. Yeah. You put the final stuff onto it before they're yes genius yeah. yeah dude's a genius so we'll use that as our as our final spectacle our final <laughs> sign off it's our yeah. final ops that's a, yeah, it's our final opsis. we'll make it happen this is great you can find uh dudley d and i at uh purple highs what else we got out there purple highs on facebook instagram twitter we're everywhere get we're all everywhere. the things we don't do the tiktok though no one wants to watch mark dance <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody that does. Okay, well, we'll get a TikTok. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we appreciate all the shares, the likes, people telling folks what we're doing out here. We're trying to get these stories out and really, you know, celebrate Prince's legacy through the various lives that he's impacted. And, yeah. And have fun in the process. That's what, that's what we do. Well, thank you guys for having me. And uh, it's been too long since I've visited, so I will make more frequent uh trips back and we coming out to la too we gotta we gotta we gotta throw a party in we, la yeah we definitely have funkenberry like, the whole crew. yeah party in la in the winter yes yes yeah so we're coming we're coming we're leaving here in january <laughs> we're, we're coming la all right this is mark bondy my co-host dj wd purple highs we're chronicling the day it's wild yeah peace and be wild